Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Meal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Clint Howard and Clint Howard's hair. And we watched Evil Speak. Know which one I am. Yeah. <laughs> Evil Speak is somehow a movie that's not on the list. And when you watch it, you think to yourself, how in the fuck did they have every single movie they listed from the 1960s and 70s and not this? Evil Speak is incredible. It's on Shutter right now. It's 90 minutes. For a solid 60 to 70, you're like, nothing is fucking happening. And then after the last 20, you're like, nah, that's pretty good. It takes a lot to win you over an hour of a boring movie. But boy, they really saved it all for the end, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah they Jesus Christ. I, I, I'm vaguely reminded of society. Oh, man. So, the movie, not the thing we live in. But uh, yeah, it will, anyway, we will get to this wonderful movie, Evil Speak. But before we do, Parker, do we have any news? Big weekend in movie land, and I would just like to say from the show, congratulations to the best heckin' pupper, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> you big, strong boy, you did such a good job. Oh my god, we're so proud of you. Oh my god, look at you. It's so great up there. I think we can all say he's our collective hero of the week. Our, our brave, strong boy. He fought through a decade of adversity to come back and be a really fat guy. <laughs> And yet, here I am. What do I have to show for it? A fucking podcast. Guilty <laughs> shit. Oh, well. We we do, in fact, love him. Uh, should we get to Jerks of the Week? Do we have any? Always. I mean, always. The world is full of jerks, Christopher. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Yeah, well, my Jerk of the Week is... Uh, I, You know, what? Brendan Fraser winning Best Actor is obviously a thing, and... Yeah, we do kind of like clown on the fact that people are kind of treating him like a an exceptional individual. Yeah, treat him like Clint Howard in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> shit, that was good. Uh, but my jerk of the week is all the people who are just like, yeah, why not just get someone who weighs six hundred pounds to be in your movie instead? Here's an idea. Why don't you just stop talking about movies? You shouldn't be allowed to watch them in the first place. Cut yourself no, I'm sure they'd be fine working like a long 16-hour day. Yeah. I'm sure they'd totally be up to it. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the the gotcha of, like, this dude's supposed to be, like, 600 pounds. So even if you get, like, a 350-pound actor, he's still going to have to wear a fat suit. <laughs> I think my favorite thing is, like, why would they turn down a career in the NHL? Exactly. Better union. Yeah. Who are your jerks of the week? Uh, my jerk of the week is uh, King Charles III of England for not inviting the, uh, the prince and princess uh, Archie and Lilibet to his coronation. I hate that you do this to me every week now. <laughs> I hate it so fucking much. 
We're going to be waiting so hard for episode seven next week. <laughs> we are going to invent something... an episode seven. I, <laughs> we'll I will also excommunicate myself. <laughs> Harry and Megan, the lost episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Woo, yeah. <laughs> hey, shithead Prince of Wales, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, well, my wish we would have had him is, back uh, then, too. <laughs> myself, because I was scrolling through my feed, and someone reviewed that uh, that new Woody Harrelson movie, Champions, and the byline was, Champions is a heartwarming retread, and guess what I read that as? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't feel good about it, I'm gonna be honest with you, I felt real bad about myself. <laughs> Champions is Brendan Fraser. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh. I stopped to scroll back up, like, surely they didn't just, oh no, they didn't, I'm just a bad yeah. <laughs> That's on me, I guess. I was trying to see it this week. I didn't get a chance. Well, this next week. All right. Right next to you. (laughs) You know, they say that. If we we start calling the people your Alamo champions, it's going to be like three (laughs) levels people have to decide. You know, I I went there and uh, none of them were sitting next to me, but they say, as they do in Alex's line of work, that if you look around a table and you can't find the sucker. (laughs) 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 All right. These people seem normal. Weird. They brought up my pretzel and started kicking my feet under the bar. I think it's me. They're giving me head pats? Huh. This is actually kind of (laughs) sick. They gave me an Oscar for best actor. (laughs) Who's getting the best head pat? (laughs) <laughs> my my brother and I were actually talking. He's in Kuwait. His, he has an idea. of was like going up to people and saying, "Look at these pictures of the decadent West." It's just a picture of who's getting the best head. <laughs> he also said he lost his gun. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. That doesn't seem important. Yeah. So, kind of hoping no one invades right now. Anyway, uh, let's get to what we watched recently. This one that I watched is, despite what I'm going to say about it, this is a good movie. It is a good work of science fiction, speculative fiction, you know, Cold War movie, whatever you want to call it. This is a movie called Failsafe. It stars uh, Henry Fonda as the President of the United States. And uh, it is a black and white movie from 1964 that is about the Cold War. There was another black and white movie from 1964 that was about the Cold War called Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb by Stanley Kubrick, who, when he learned that Failsafe was also coming out, it was like the same sort of thing. It was like, whoa, 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 can you guys like release mine first? And they did. It was a great comedy and everyone loved it. It was a big deal. Failsafe came out like a few months later and everyone saw it and they laughed at it, despite the fact that Failsafe is not a comedy. It is intended to be taken very seriously. And I can see that. However, I, like most audiences, laughed really hard because let me describe to you the plot of Failsafe. The U.S. accidentally nukes the Soviet Union. And, yeah, it is a major oopsie. Now, Parker, assume you're Henry Fonda, President of the United States, and you accidentally nuke the Soviet Union. How would you make it up to them? Uh, just shrugging out, did I do that? And then just, I don't know, send him, like, $100. Personally, I would send Ben Affleck, but, uh, you know. So, uh, Liza Minnelli to her famous yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> 
unfortunately, uh, Henry Fonda has different ideas. He decides, tell you what, you know, it's kind of like when you're like roughhousing with your guy friends when you're like eight years old, you accidentally hit one too hard and they're crying like, oh, no, 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 come on, I'll let you hit me back. Uh, but unfortunately, you like he nuked Moscow, so like they can't nuke you back. So he decides, tell you what, we'll nuke ourselves. And then he decides to nuke New York City. Fucking owns. This is a serious movie. You have to <laughs> take it seriously. So sick, <laughs> it it gets even worse though because uh, and I'm I'm lucky actually. I, I visited my dad today and he said he saw it and he he saw it in school. They decided that this would be a good thing to show in schools. And he ran home and told his mom about. It and she was like, "Yeah, in this movie, the 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 president nuked the uh, New York City." And uh, his mom replied. Well, I guess he didn't like his wife very much. Because I forgot a special detail. His wife was in New York City, and he knew. (laughs) (laughs) Now look. Again, serious movie. (laughs) Look, all these Trump jokes are hacking and played out. Yeah. But if anyone was going to do it. Yeah. Like, he would sacrifice California in a fucking heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I mean, whom's among us? Yeah, Yeah. honestly. Again, if I you don't know how we're going to rescue dogs after that. But... <laughs> oh no, what's that? My rent's going up how much next year? Hey, I got an idea. Hey, Moscow. <laughs> Let me make it up to you. Parody, satire. Correct, yes. Uh, Alright, next one. I decided that... Uh, I mentioned when I watched the movie Moonlight that it's difficult to be gay anywhere in the world. And I realized that... I'm kind of speaking from a point of privilege here. I'm not a gay man, so what the fuck do I know? However... I'd like to contest that because I just watched my second Barbara Streisand movie. Willingly. So, I think I know now. This is called... Well, Mr. We Filling Out, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> this is called Hello, Dolly. and uh, Which I had never seen before, which is kind of interesting. My high school Hang did... Hang on, your dad's calling. Yeah. He doesn't sound happy. <laughs> uh, no, this one's got Walter Matthau in it, so he would uh, he would appreciate it. Which, speaking <laughs> of, by the way, uh, Failsafe also has Walter Matthau, who's a guy who's extremely pro-nuking uh, Russia. <laughs> Just you don't be- say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, damn, I bet we figured out where your brother's gun went now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, hello, Dolly. Uh, my high school put on a production of this, which I never watched because they kind of smelled weird, and I didn't really like them very much. But uh, I, they talked about it a lot. I was like, "Wow, this must be like this really great musical." And having watched the movie, it is a good musical. The story is barely there. The basic idea here is Barbara Streisand plays Dolly something or other, who I guess is God. She's uh, able to just make things happen just by uh, speaking them into existence, as far as I can tell. she Ostensibly, she's a matchmaker, but she also does, like, social engagements, bullshit like that. Uh, I've mentioned before about, like, the Hayes Code, and it was something I kind of studied for a little bit. This movie came out in 1969. The Hayes Code was more or less dissolving right around the time of 1967, 1968. So, to get this movie... uh, in 1969, it's kind of on that cusp where people are like, huh, what can we get away with now? And if you were to look at it, for most of it, it looks like a movie that could have been in, like, the early 60s, well before the dissolution of the Hays Code. Why am I, why do I keep mentioning all this? There is a blowjob joke in here that I wasn't expecting. There are two women walking down the street, one of them's eating a banana, the other one's, the other one says to her, is like, would you knock it off with that? Men are staring at us for the wrong reason. And I was like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? Because the rest of the movie does not really fit that tone. Uh, 
I will say that the only real reason I watched this is because this movie was featured in Wally, which is like one of my favorite movies. I was like, hey, wait a second, I never actually watched it. Having put it on, uh, now I get it. This is a very fun movie. I can see why a little trash robot would enjoy it. Uh, I'm not going to remember very much besides the songs. The songs are great. Uh, directed by Gene Kelly, great dancer. The dancing at, at the restaurant is fucking astonishing. So the unfortunate thing about Hello Dolly is it was a huge moneymaker in 1969, but not enough. This lost a tremendous amount of money. It kind of killed the big budget musicals. And then uh, Cats brought them back. Thank God. Yeah. What well, a relief. Yeah. Well, next. Oh God. Uh, I I, uh, I watched my I watched my uh, my second Kevin Smith Kevin James movie. I watched uh, Hotel Transylvania Three Summer Vacation. This is better than the second one. I am running out of things to say about Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation. Correct. A, yeah, basic idea here is he um, is Dracula, played by Adam Sandler, and his family. They, uh, they go on a cruise, and it's being hosted by Van Helsing's great-great-great-great-granddaughter, who was also vowed to kill him. But then they fall in love. And uh, the basic message of the movie, because these movies tend to have messages... Uh, sort of, is uh, we should all get along with each other. We shouldn't try to kill each other based on our differences. I will say that's not the most creative message. I think I remember hearing something like that on fucking Sesame Street. But what I like... like He's a vampire. Yeah. Why should we not kill vampires? Well, he doesn't... He doesn't actually kill anyone in these movies. It's off screen. It's not in... It's not in the... It's not on the list. Anyway, um, what I do like about this is... It's the final one that Jenny Tartakovsky directed. And you can tell because there's a lot of visual gags that you are you can tell he was the one who was drawing the storyboards. He was the one who was telling his animators what to do. It looks just like his style of animation, and that's easily the best part of this. There is some stuff in here that does not work. Uh, there's a whole lot of dance scenes in here where they're just like, oh, oh yeah. got to fill this out somehow. <laughs> is but, that uh, the one where the climax of the movie is a dance scene with a giant monster? Yeah. I watched all of them one day. They, yeah. they all blurred together. Yeah. The, again, the first one is an actual great movie, but uh, very, very underrated. This one's not bad, and in fact, it's really good for kids, I would argue. But uh, overall, Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation let me down. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. Uh, I watched two TV shows. I was uh, Whenever I work, I usually like to have on a movie or something like that, but... A lot of the movies that I wanted to watch would have been better as, like, you know, something I pay attention to, or they were subtitled, and I can't really do it both at the same time. So I just put on Trailer Park Boys again to rewatch. It's still really funny to me. I, I never get sick and tired of Trailer Park Boys. So if you have a chance, watch only the first seven seasons. Everything after that is uh, kind of a waste of time. But, uh, yeah, when you get to the point where the next season starts, you're like, holy shit, they look old. You right, yeah. yeah. You could just... You don't have to do anything there. Uh, favorite character still Donnie. Uh, it's just the guy yelling <laughs> off screen. <laughs> Donnie is hard to deal with. <laughs> I'm paying for a lady, not fucking Corey and Trevor. Speaking of Corey and Trevor, uh, very underrated guys. <laughs> the fact that they get treated like dogs on that show makes me laugh really hard. <laughs> that was a. That's in the cycle of shows I fall asleep to. Right now oh, yeah. we're on King of the Hill. That's a good falling asleep show. Oh, good idea. Uh, next show I, I rewatched actually, was uh, my favorite show of all time, Chernobyl, which uh, I never 
ever get sick of Chernobyl. It still like makes my heart race, even knowing everything that happened, all the all the stuff that is yet to come, etc. It it makes my heart race. A uh, couple parts make me get kind of choked up inside, and other stuff just raises your hackles, knowing the lies that went into it and everything. I don't, I don't know, but I still heart I still heartily recommend Chernobyl. If you haven't seen it yet, you should get on that. Uh, a lot of Russian content this week. Oh yeah. Anyway, uh, next up is. Uh, you better leave that in. <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, next up was uh, I went to the Alamo. I didn't want to watch the Oscars. I find the Oscars kind of boring, so I was like, "Oh, go to the Alamo. They're doing a movie party," and they did. <laughs> I just remember something about it. Uh, I watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which uh, I. I like, I don't know that I love it. There's a whole lot of filler in this, including the entire third act in which they kind of ran out of funny ideas. And they're like, what if we have all these historical figures just kind of go nuts in a mall? And uh, that's all that they do. It's still good. You can clearly see some of the inspiration for like Beavis and Butthead coming from this, especially uh, everyone wants to do Bill's mom. Uh my favorite scene in this movie is Joan of Arc, played by, I don't know who, uh, very solemn, somber scene where she's alone in the castle and she she slowly walks to the altar and genuflects and kneels and prays before Christ for victory in the next battle. Then she's interrupted by this really loud, heavy metal music and uh, these two surfer dudes in a time-traveling phone booth drag her into the 21st century. It's fucking perfect. Uh, the thing that gets me is... Uh, <laughs> There's a, for the movie party, this woman came out and she was talking about it and it was mercifully short. That's always like my least favorite part of these things. And she was just like, yeah, it has Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. I'm like, wow, you just don't get these facts from anywhere else. You gotta go to the Alamo Draft House movie party to learn that. And what bothered me is she said, oh, the movie is almost perfect. There's just one thing I don't like is there's a... <laughs> There's <laughs> there's a there's a brief homophobic reference. It was spoken out of ignorance, and there is no excuse for. It. And there's a guy two seats down from me, and he's he says under his breath, but still loud enough for everyone on the road to hear. Who cares? <laughs> if, if you don't remember the the homophobic line, let me recount it for you. Bill thinks Ted has died, and turns out <laughs> it turns out uh, Ted is actually okay. He slipped out of the armor at the last second. Uh, and uh, they're like, Bill, Ted, you're alive, and they embrace. Then they look at each other, push each other away, they both go, fag, and then they just continue on with the movie. It is it is a blanketing message sort of thing. If she hadn't said anything, I would have forgot it was even in the movie. Also, it's kind of a funny line, you know? Fucking, what are you going to do here? I'm sorry you brought attention to one of the best parts here. Anyway, uh, yeah, Bill and Ted actually holds up, so I definitely recommend it. The, the music's really fun. Also... I think one of the things I like most about it is it's very good-natured. It's, it is it is a science fiction movie that's not necessarily about anything other than wouldn't it be fun to go back in time and meet historical babes? And uh, they're correct. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's good. It's fun. Now to the meat here. Parker, let's talk about Silverchair. <laughs> oh, what brought this on? <laughs> To get a text out of the blue. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I've I've talked in the past about this movie, and I've I've recommended it to you, Parker, specifically, repeatedly, and yet you refuse to watch it. It breaks my heart. 
Upon rewatching it, I'm more convinced than ever, Street Fighter 2, the animated movie, is not just the best video game movie of all time. It is easily the best anime OVA I have ever seen. It fucking kicks ass. The reason I bring this up is I kind of wanted to get it on, like, yeah, you know, physical copy. And I thought to myself, all right, what's the best version to get? You know, they got, like, different Blu-rays and stuff like that. Here's what you do. You don't get the Blu-ray, okay? Blu-ray, that's that's too fancy. We're not going to do that. You get the dusty VHS. But which VHS version do you get? Do you get the Peachy 13 cut? Or do you get the unrated edition? Here's what you do. You get the unrated edition. Why do you get it? It's deceptive, but there's a point here. The unrated edition contains, like, war, blood, and violence uh, than the original cut in couple swears in there so you know don't show it to kids but also it doesn't actually have the full frontal nudity that the you know japanese cut has uh which you don't need to see chun li's tits you have google just go look it up there i don't fucking need that cheesecake don't shit in my tell me thing. what i need <laughs> <laughs> but most importantly if you buy this vhs version which i have send back over there you get the american soundtrack which with no exaggeration is the single best movie soundtrack i've ever heard in my life you get corn. You get Allison Chains. You get uh, Silver Chair. You get K. You get KMFDM, which is the song that plays in the best fight sequence in the movie between Chun Li and Vega. Fucking awesome! Not just great for a movie soundtrack. Great for working out. Great for fucking running. Great for driving. Easily one of the best things I've ever heard. One of the best things I've ever seen. Uh, I love it. And the thing about like. Yeah, there's, like, some heavy metal in there, and it's like, oh, what, you really like that corn song? Yes, when he jumps and does a spin kick to the truck being driven by M. Bison, as soon as the foot makes contact with the truck, you hear, Are you ready? Yes, that, I fucking <laughs> love that shit. And then the credits roll. All right, dude. Yeah, move this up the list. Yes, right. I'm telling you, man. And it also, it looks, like, kind of shockingly good. Like, they put in way more effort into this than they did in the video game. Which uh, leads me to say about the video game... Don't play Street Fighter 2. Oh, that which version is Street Fighter 2? a dick. Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2, 2, seriously, fucking... It, it's for losers. No one fucking plays that game anymore. Play Street Fighter 3, Third Strike. That game fucking rules, dude. Incredible pixel animation. It feels good. Uh, it, it has an interesting, like, array of characters and everything. Street Fighter 2, the animated version, the animated movie, is the best version of Street Fighter you're going to get. I will say, I also rewatched the, uh, the Raw Julia one. <laughs> That movie gets better every time I watch it. People are like, oh, yeah, it's, it's silly. People didn't realize they were making No, I think they knew. I, I think they had a pretty good idea. Like, the whole fucking change the channel bit, which is one of the funniest bits I've ever heard in a movie. I think they knew they were making a comedy. Not enough heavy metal. I, by the way, Parker, on the subject of metal, uh, one more thing here. Okay, but I will take a yeah. quick detour when you're done, because okay. this reminded me of a powerful yeah. era. Okay, yeah, the, the thing about heavy metal is, I think I've said in the past, is metal to me is funny, and if I have to listen to metal, I kind of want it to be funny, either intentionally or unintentionally. I heard that the the song by, uh, uh, what's, what's it? I don't remember who did it. It's called Painkiller. Judas Priest did it. Every single time I hear Painkiller by Judas Priest, it's like the funniest thing I've ever heard. Correct. You hear the fucking crashing drums, the guitar, and then he starts just shrieking. <laughs> I, I, I can't help but laugh. It's really funny. Sorry, your detour. It just reminds me of uh, a lot of people younger than us might not. They weren't around for this era, but uh, back when all the Dragon Ball Z movies were getting released on those big old clamshell VHSs and they licensed out a bunch of like hard rock music, 
What I'm trying to say is I bought the Cooler's Revenge movie for $25, and that was the first time I heard Godsmack. I, <laughs> I, yes, I heard a Pantera song while Broly beat the brakes off those fucking nerds. That was a really good era, and that shit is just like lost to time forever. Exactly. I a really stupid time. I miss let me night. tell you how, how much I cared about getting the VHS copy of this. I have a, a CRT next to my TV. A CRT next to my laptop, which has a uh, built-in VHS player. That thing uh, broke a while ago. I don't know when I was moving or something like that. So I had to get another VHS player, which, let me tell you, kind of hard to find for a decent price. I was able to get one for $25. I know where to look, and Josh is my friend. And, uh, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> what was his cut? <laughs> he gets to look at it every once in a while. Uh, yeah, that's the thing about like physical media. It's... And I think, uh, was it, uh, Red Letter Media, they did the thing where they were, like, destroying all those copies of Nuclear or whatever, and they made a point, it was like, yeah, VHS is inherently a kind of a bad preservation material, and eventually all VHS tapes will die in some way. Well, before it dies, I will have Street Fighter II, the animated movie, and, uh, I'm really happy that I do. Alright, one last one before I hand off to Alex. I watched at the Alamo Draft House on a big screen... Almost no one else in history will ever be able to say they saw this on a big screen. The Return of Swamp Thing. Starring wow. Heather Locklear. Oh. Okay. Now, now I, I have to admit, I was just kind of interested as a curiosity. I saw the first Swamp Thing. This one with Adrian Barbeau. And uh, I was, when I watched it, I, my first thought was, huh, this doesn't look very good. The Return of Swamp Thing, released in 1989 was clearly made for about $5. It is one of the lowest-budget movies I have seen in quite some time. The soundtrack sounds like it was all done on a Casio. It it genuinely looks like an MST movie. I had a very good time with this. Parker, if you were to watch this, I think you would... Sorry, I think you would love it. Alex, I don't think it's really worth your time. Uh... There is one character in part... Oh, there's a couple things about it that's worth talking about. I've... Swamp Thing's voice. Let me do an impression of Swamp Thing real quick. <clears throat> Hello, I'm Swamp Thing. He actually just does like a normal guy's voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Yoda. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> and whenever he comes on screen, he, he literally is filmed like Superman. There's like a there's like a backlight, and there's a little superhero theme song that they play on the cast. You're like da 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 da. That they they do whatever this hideous Swamp Thing appears. Uh, swamp Thing beats people to death with baseball bats in this movie. That's uh, one of his superpowers, I guess. Uh, Heather Locklear is fine, I guess, but the real draw of this movie is this little fat Southern kid. Parker, no offense. This kid is <laughs> this kid is so fat he can barely open his eyes. We're 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 like that level of fatness here. Fuck yeah. But it's not just his fatness; it is his southernness. <laughs> he is <laughs> at one point he and his black friend are uh, reading illicit magazines. And it's like, he opens up his room and is like, Hi, she's great! <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing is, like, when you watch, like, South Park and you see, uh, you see, um, fucking Cartman on there, your first thought is, Yeah, where's that kid? But then you think back to your childhood, it's like, I knew, like, five different Cartman, like, growing up. And then you watch this movie, you're like, no, no, no. They specifically meant this kid. <laughs> this kid is the entire draw of the movie. Parker, I don't know how this one's not on the list either, besides the fact that, like, no one watched it. But 
entirely worth watching just for the little fat southern kid. That doesn't I mean, sound like much of a draw, but... <laughs> it's working from the director of The Bear Winch Project and also Chopping Mall. Yeah, yeah, buddy. yeah the director of Chopping Mall, who clearly did not understand the assignment, and thank God he didn't, because this is so much better than what we would have got otherwise. Because, like, I don't really know much about Swamp Thing. Uh, I know it was, I think it's actually based on a comic. And oh, I know that, ever. yeah, the comic was originally written by, like, Len Wein, and then uh, Alan Moore wrote it. I, I, the last thing I want to read, no offense to Alan Moore, but the last thing I want to read is, like, some sort of, like, political dissertation while All Swamp Thing is fuck him. I, I'm sure he's done something useful in his life. Parker, name something you... Okay, nothing. Well, anyway, uh, Alex, what'd you watch? Alright, just got a couple here. Um, you know, in the uh, in the spirit of what we watched this week, let me just briefly talk about a movie that has a similar theme that came out on Netflix last year called Choose or Die. Uh, don't oh, watch Choose or Die. Shit. Yeah, that movie fucking <laughs> movies <laughs> fucking dog shit, dude. Another, another movie with a haunted video game, and uh, oh. somehow you fuck up that premise in an eighty-five minute movie. I, you tell me. I don't know. Wait, Parker, you watch <laughs> this one too? I yes. The name it really brought something back, but I couldn't tell you a fucking thing that happens in that movie. <laughs> eh, you don't really need to. It's not uh, important. Uh, looking this up, it says Robert England's in here. Uh, his voice is in this, yes. Oh, that doesn't count. I, we could yeah. get him. He could do our intro for like a hundred dollars. <laughs> Absolutely. But no, he's not actually in this movie. No, Hi, I'm Robert England, and you're listening to Real Deal No Suck. <laughs> there's like a, it's like some fucking old like DOS choose your own adventure game that uh, forces you to pick between two options that are both like harmful to somebody. If you don't pick, you die, and that's the whole movie. It happens like five or six times, and then. It ends. It, it, don't watch this. It sucks ass. You're gonna look at it and go, "Oh, I love those movies about old video games that are haunted." And uh, turns out they can make bad versions of that. There's a reason I didn't bring it up on here. Yeah. My God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at my letterbox that week and went, "What was that?" Nah. Oh. <laughs> All right. So uh, allow me to uh, uh, describe a movie. Uh, so. This is a movie um, that primarily takes place over webcam. You know, it's 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 a couple that uh, you know one of them goes away to school and they're talking to each other over webcam, and then weird shit starts happening to one of them, and the other one's trying to figure out what's going on. And also, this came out in two thousand two. I'm so, in. Whatever yeah. this is, I'm hundred percent in. I'm like a little bit surprised you haven't seen this movie. It's called the Collingswood Story. And it's like never heard of this. never heard of it either. This, apparently, this is like regarded as like the first like screen life movie, uh, the, the first time that people really tried to use computer screens as a film medium. So it's it's you know this couple on the 2002 internet and like that they one night they're just like having fun because you know they're separated by seven hours or whatever, and they're like we're just gonna dial random numbers on this like teleweb thing, and uh, one of them is a psychic who ends up, like, telling them some, like, really fucked up shit, and then fucked up shit starts happening to them. And it's, like, a pretty simplistic movie. Like, there's nothing about this that's, like, that you're gonna see and go, I've never seen that before. That's so impressive. It's, you know, it's got a low budget. It's, like, 80 minutes long. But to see this with those fucking desktops just takes you back in a way that 
I like, you know, we talk about movies like, <coughs> like searching, um, and how searching is gonna play in like twenty years when we're gonna be like, oh yeah, remember all that shit we used to use online that we're seeing in this movie for the first time in a while? This is like that, except I don't think they realized that they were doing that as they were making this. So, uh, yeah, probably worth your time. Um, if, if you're into movies like this, like. You probably already know from this description whether whether you would like this or not, but yeah, just just keep an eye out for it. It's streaming somewhere. I don't even remember where, but uh, yeah, interesting movie. Just if for nothing else than seeing the little. Remember when all the fucking like video like every like video player like just had like the little like rounded bubble edges and stuff. A lot of that in this. Like you'll you'll feel right at home in a way that you wouldn't be expecting to. I'm a hundred percent watching this. I've yeah. never heard of this in my life, but I am. I am in. I had to you say jinkies. <laughs> uh, yes, you had a question. Uh, yeah, I prefer the Cooper Smith story. <laughs> 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 Fucking Cooper Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been air horns going off when I said that. People high fiving. Incredible movie. <laughs> I uh, I have one more thing to talk about. Um. You know, sometimes you go to see a movie just expecting it to be like a, you know, like pretty banal. Like you know, just like I'm gonna I'm gonna spend two hours watching this movie and it's gonna be fine, and I'm not gonna have a lot to say. It's gonna keep me entertained, and sometimes that's all I want. And then the thing that you're watching ends up being one of the most wretched pieces of shit you've ever seen. I'm of course referring to Scream Six. I'm now so I wanted to see it so badly. Chris, how many of the Scream movies have you seen at this point? Good question. Uh, at least three, because I we did the first three on here. I think so. I couldn't remember if we did the second one or not. Yeah, like, we, did, we did the second those one. And maybe four. Yeah, well, the second one's on the list, so I would have had to have seen it. Okay, um, that makes sense. Yeah, I I may have seen. I think actually I did see four, and I didn't like it very much. I didn't like any of those. I'm not really that into Scream. So yeah, I mean, I mean, the first one's good. Some of the other ones are fine. Yeah, like, it, it's one of those. They're more fun to talk about. Had, Right, yeah, you kind of get what you pay for. Like, mm-hmm. they're not, you know, like, sh- some shining example of, like, genre movie, but they're fine for what they are. Mm-hmm. So, Scream 5 comes out, what, last year? That's it. Has, has it even been a year, Parker? I think it's, like, been almost exactly a year. They fast-tracked the shit out of this. Um, I wouldn't say that that part shows, although it is the same character. It's the characters that survive Scream 5, like, basically are the entire cast of this movie. Which, like, whatever. I haven't seen Scream 5, nor do I particularly care to, uh, after seeing this wretched piece of garbage. But uh, this is one of those movies that really rope you. Because the best scene in this movie is the opening scene. Which, uh, Chris, I'm sorry to report, has your girl Samara weaving in it. And, you know, she's not in it for long. But, uh, you know, now now that uh, you've undertaken this mission to watch all of her movies, I guess you'll have to get caught up on the series. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> but uh, y- you have this opening scene, which is like really it's it's well shot and it it's like it, it frames like a mystery for this upcoming movie like you have a kill and then the people that do the kill are killed and you're like what's going on here like is ghostface just like infecting people like 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 this is like really interesting i wonder what's happening well bad news you never really get any sort of answer that's remotely along those lines because everything that's cool about this movie the movie immediately throws in the garbage in order to have a cast of characters that just love talking about horror movie tropes. God, fuck it. Still? (laughs) I mean, like, the first one, you know, 
I'm aware that that's like, you know, a spiritual part of the series because of the first one. But the first one is so much more simplistic in that think about what horror fans were like in what, like 98 when that came out and just like how much more limited their access to one another was and how, you know, you can have Seth Green sitting on the couch while they're watching a horror movie and like calling stuff out. And like that character's like mildly annoying, but not like the nerds that we know today. This movie, on the other hand, literally has a character just rattling off horror movie tropes for 90 seconds straight. Like she's Jay-Z naming all the monsters in Monster. Like, <laughs> We're taking Scream back to its roots. <laughs> uh, does this movie mention Letterboxd by name? You oh. bet your fucking ass it oh. does. Oh. I'm so mad I didn't go. I, I would have walked out. <laughs> It is, but like at this point, this is happening, and and you saw this like sick opening, and you're like, well, maybe this is going somewhere. Like these characters are annoying, but maybe this is just like the fan service portion of the movie. And it turns out it is not the fan service portion of the movie because the whole movie is about literally telling you what your expectations may or may not be, and then trying to do the opposite. Like, like it's a fucking Ryan Johnson movie, but for stupider people, somehow. This is a movie where somebody literally throws a camera at Ghostface. Do you get it? Do you understand metaphors? Because in this movie, you're going to need to. They're very deep and complicated. So, hey, Parker, I assume you've seen the, the longer trailer for this, right? Like the three-minute uh, trailer? Yeah, I think so. All right, well, uh, good news and bad news. That's every kill in the movie. Well, shit. It's, they, Two hours, you say? Yeah, they give you everything. They give you, like, other than the opening scene, like, they give you everything in that subway scene, which is the other good scene in the movie. Um, You know, they're, they're so fucking meta. They're so annoyingly meta. Because, like, hey, don't you get it, fans? Don't you know all of these things we're referring to? So they're just, like, openly talking about, like, Oh, well, you know, you know, this is the sequel, so who knows whether we're going to kill recurring characters and stuff. Like like literally Bro, I got saying tired of that it in, in dialogue 3. <laughs> yeah. It, I love this franchise, but I got sick of that shit a decade ago, easy. And and this is honestly so much more oppressive to me than the previous ones just because of how in your face they are about it. Like I'm not going to say that the movie is insulting to the viewer because that would imply that it's possible to make things that are insulting to horror fans. But like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> like the whole fucking, like, they keep talking about, oh, legacy characters. You know, it's a sequel. They're probably going to kill off the legacy characters. Nobody's safe. And then Courtney Cox gets the dog shit stabbed out of her. And then at the end of the movie, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, she's fine. Nobody's actually dead. Everyone you saw die on screen is totally fine. We weren't expecting that, were you? Isn't that a twist? Oh, good. That means Courtney Cox will be safe for Scream 7. I was concerned. Uh. There's literally a dude we, we get to watch get stabbed like 40 times. Like, legitimately. Like, the dude is just like fucking poking and poking and poking and poking with the knife. And then again, they're like, oh yeah, that guy's fine too. Actually, everybody's fine. And nobody died. And I guess that's supposed to subvert your expectations. Uh, what you actually get is a colossal waste of time that does not have, like, any funny moments. And I truly struggle to say good things about it. 
because while there are a couple good scenes in this movie, again, literally one of them is in the trailer in full. It's just... If you're a little horror piggy that's just like, well, at least I'm going to get my kills and that'll be fun, even if it's not funny, which is like how I was looking at this movie, you're still going to be disappointed. This thing fucking sucks ass. It is a wretched fucking dog turd of a movie. Parker, I can't wait to talk to you about it next week. I just... Are you trying to tell me it's not a good idea to fast track, write, and film a movie in less than a year? That's impossible. I don't even know if that's the problem. Like, it certainly didn't help. The sound. It's just, like, it's just fucking wretched. Like, I, I don't know that more time would have saved like this movie's ethos. You know, like, it's it was always going to be this in some level. I'm also, so excited to come back next week and be like, I don't know, I thought it was alright. I, <laughs> I know I know what I am. Yeah, but I mean I, I know, but even even by your standards, this is, like I again, like I was literally watching this hoping it would just be like a nice turn your fucking brain off, have an edible, enjoy a horror movie. You know? It was, I saw this opening night because there was a ten thirty showing and I was the only person in the theater. I was like, This is perfect. Got my popcorn like a piggy, just gonna sit here, had a rough week, gonna zone out, gonna chill, this is gonna be great. And I was just like apoplectic by the time I left the theater two hours later. I Fuck you, horror fans. Like, this is why normies took your culture from you. Yeah, Chris. Like, you, you fucking deserve it. Yeah, fuck you, dude. Sorry. <laughs> it's... You know that... I mean, like, weird... maybe I'll like it, but maybe the biggest horror fan I know will enjoy it more. I'm not watching it. You know, the interesting thing to me about the Scream franchise, the only interesting thing, is kind of a, an indictment about it. They keep bringing back characters from the original series. My, my question here is, Why? Are Scream fans really that attached to, like, Courtney Cox? They've really got to see her in the next one. I don't understand people who care about that. But it's also, though, this that's kind of how I feel about Halloween. Why do you got to keep bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis? You know, do you, I don't fucking you, care. You just answered your question. It's because that's what you expect a horror movie. Oh, well, yeah. And Scream's all about being meta. Uh, on that note, by the way, they bring back Hayden Panettiere for this, who, uh... Still alive. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow still alive. Uh, gets the dog shit stabbed out of her again. Lives again. Uh, but man, what a wooden fucking performance. Like, it's best to just let some of these performances lie. Uh, not in this movie, by the way. Nev Campbell, who apparently they just lowballed. And they do the most, like, cringy, embarrassing reference to, like, oh, I can't wait till we tell Sydney about this. Like, they do it, like, five times. Like, they call attention to the fact that the star of the fucking franchise got lowballed out of it. It's like, come on, guys. It what is, are you fucking doing? They're not gonna put, like, a little funny. picture of her in the background that says, in memoriam. <laughs> that, like, literally the face of the franchise, other than that mask, they're like, ah, uh, we can't afford you, sorry. We're gonna bring Hayden Pantier back instead. <laughs> Maybe don't make the movie if you can't afford Nev Campbell. It's inexplicable. And again, like, if you just hadn't brought it up, I would not have noticed. I would not have cared. I am not a devotee of this franchise. Like, how many slasher movies have a recurring character through every single sequel? You wouldn't fucking notice. You don't watch Nightmare on Elm Street 5 and you're like, Wow, sure wish Nancy was here. No one fucking cares. (laughs) Wow, I can't wait to tell her. She's off screen right now. She's gonna, man, when I walk over across the street and tell her about this mishap we're in, she's gonna laugh. Sounds good. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see one of my free tickets. Can't wait for you to see it. 
Oh. I'm sure you will have some feelings. Like, I'm almost positive I'll enjoy it more than you, but also I know it will tickle my autism in the wrong ways, and I will get... It will be a quiet, stern drive home where it's like, did you like it? Yeah, it was alright. What's wrong? I just don't understand why. And then she just <laughs> stares out the window while I'm gripping the steering wheel. I think the reason you wouldn't understand is because it's, A, it's a horror movie and that's kind of my wheelhouse. And the other thing is it subverts your expectations. That's what Scream's yeah, kind so of known you for. expected to have a good yeah. time. And guess what, loser? <laughs> oh, we got you. Yeah. By the way, I just want to bring something up about horror movies and theaters. When I went to see... I think it was, uh, oh, I think it was for Return of Swamp Thing. Big mistake, I caught the previous. One of the previews was for Renfield. This is the first time I saw the Renfield oh, trailer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, buddy. my God. Holy yeah. shit. Have fun, buddy. That That's looks a like... That's energy movie right there, buddy. I, correct. She, she has demanded that we will watch it. And I'm well, like... It's like I said, oh. I mean, not every single person who sees it is annoying, but... Every annoying person you know will see that movie over the weekend. That, it was so fucking bad. It looked like they watched uh, what we do in the shadows. Like, what if we made it like really, really lame? What if we had an Aquafina? That's the thing about like Aqu- Like, I want to bring this up about Aquafina. It's like I thought I didn't hate her. Like, I saw her in like a couple things where I, where she was like okay, <laughs> you wrong. Yeah, I, I thought like I saw her in a couple things. I was like, oh, she's not bad. I never watched Nora from Queens or whatever. I, I don't. I don't know if she did stand-up or did songs or something. I don't know. But I was like, yeah, no, I saw her a couple things. She was okay. And then I saw her in Crazy Rich Asians. I was like, oh, she sucks. And then I saw her in this trailer. I was like, oh, God, she sucks. Well, she should be the one that we go after instead of James Corden or uh, uh, Ken Jong or whatever. Aquafina, my new personal enemy. Aquafina, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, come on the show. We could use a celebrity. We need a more urban voice. Yeah. <laughs> please, please hip up our podcast. She talked about... She dropped a Postmates joke in that fucking trailer. They thought it was good enough to she put sure in there. She sure did. Oh, man. Just dreadful. Just uh, for the listeners at home, uh, this podcast still does hate James Corden. Oh, yeah. We're not... Uh, just yeah, as much as we did before. Yeah. I don't want anybody to think that we're making any apologies for those people. I just want to read. Just because they've been moved two slots down the list behind her and Prince Harry. It's... Yeah. It's, it's yeah. just... <laughs> you're focusing yeah. on the on the other team's, like, number one receiver, okay? James Corden's been bumped down the list to, like, center. He's a possession guy, but also... Yeah. It's on site. We talked about that on, on the Discord. What position would James Corden play? And uh, I just want a brief thing about Discord. You know, this is the dumbest motherfuckers who post the most as well. I just I hate him so much. I it's, <laughs> I, it's, I cannot even hide. My, I cannot even hide my sneering contempt at this point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a bit much, dude. We're taking detours for this, but I'm Jesus sorry. Christ. I'm sorry. It's just I, I didn't. Hate I didn't. That guy. He won't stop posting. If you're listening, if you're wondering if it's you. Maybe. <laughs> why'd, you, why'd you say like maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Could be. Maybe Take a minute it is. And think about it. Maybe it isn't. Who's to say? There's no way that dude knows how to download a podcast. Well, you know they didn't have those in prison. Work. <laughs> fucking get it. <laughs> ruined a bit i'm sorry that's fine literally never yeah sorry guys that was like it was like three different detours that just took us down that's all right you got to get it out of your system thank you otherwise i would have just had to talk to people on the plane 
Alex, See, you thought you would listen to this show and not get like a fucking rapid fire inside jokes, but yeah. you were subverted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he brings him. us all back around to Scream Six. Alex, you watch anything else? Uh, probably, but I forgot about it. So. Oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll just hand this bad boy off. I actually watched the fucking Collingwood story like three weeks ago and forgot about it, but I was like, oh, I should talk about this. Well, tell you what, if you're like me, you'll remember and then just interrupt us. <laughs> like I, about this. <laughs> That is correct. Yeah, has to be done. <coughs> Parker. That actually just reminded me. So uh, I was starting to get a little bit of FOMO with The Mandalorian starting again. Mm-hmm. But I was like, damn, I purposely did not watch a second of Boba Fett. My offense is going to make me do it. I watched one episode. Dude, that show fucking sucks. What the <laughs> fuck? I know. What in the world? Dude, that is exactly how much Book of Boba Fett I've seen, because one day I was just bored. I was like, oh, it's probably going to look good at least. And then it's a 45-minute recap of a story we already knew. Like, Tell me why the main character is a man who wears a suit of armor and a helmet, and then they take the helmet off, so the action scenes, this fat old bald New Zealander slowly lifting his hands up. What the fuck is this? Why? Who wants this? Why am I going to finish this? You know why, because I'm autistic. But, like, goddamn. <laughs> it sucks so bad. Like, you could put literally anyone under that helmet and shoot whatever you want. And instead, it's just this fat old man, like, slowly raising his arms to deflect attacks. It sucks so bad. And then, yeah, every ten minutes, it's, Oh, this reminds me that one time. I'm going to go sleep and have a dream about when I was hanging out with the Tusker Raiders. And then it's like ten minutes of them walking in the fucking desert absolutely wretched maybe i'll finish it yeah <laughs> i mean the episodes once you skip past like all the intros and credits and all that's like 25 30 minutes i no oh. my time is not valuable I mean, that's easily like, digestible at least like i could just fucking find a youtube video and find out what i missed but also <sighs> we've been on this show long enough we know how this works you guys yeah, yeah. parker that so, voice reminded me of a trailer i watched <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the Russell Crowe Exorcism movie. Dude. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. <laughs> the Pope's yeah, Exorcist. It's going to be a good year, you guys. <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait. Sorry about that. So, I'll, I'll get to the next trailer after this next thing you watch. I appreciate that. Yeah. Speaking of a movie I watched a couple weeks ago, just kept not talking about. So, uh, I watched a film from the 90s called Freeway, which I had not heard of. Now, this is right around that era where a lot of directors are like, Hey, this Tarantino guy's pretty good. I can make a crazy movie like that. (laughs) So let me pitch this movie to you. Uh, Let me just lead uh, with the most important fact. From the director of Tiptoes, Chris, a film (laughs) you So this is... collect myself here so it's like a fairy tale right you know it's you know this cute little girl you know she's going through it in life and she's a little red riding hood but she's not but she is because we make it super obvious it's really fucking annoying and that little girl is a very young reese witherspoon who i i think she's supposed to be retarded i can't tell i'm gonna be honest like i'm not even trying to be mean but She's clearly in high school and has to sound out the cat drinks milk in one of her classes. Oh, okay. Clearly something's wrong. Um, 
Her mom's a prostitute, and her stepdad's a fucking drug fiend and tries to molest her. Because, like, dude, it's just the 90s. Like, you, you can say whatever you want, dude. Like, Pulp Fiction came out. We're just, we're doing whatever. Oh, yeah. So she, they get arrested, so she's off on her own. And the only place she can go is to her grandma's house. You guys get it? But then she encounters the big bad wolf. And this is the reason I downloaded this film. Because the big bad wolf in this movie is an interstate killer. A serial killer played by Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> no so, fucking way. So what I'm saying is, uh, Alex, let me know what you think about it next week. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not very good. It's incredibly obnoxious, but also uh, Reese Witherspoon says a hard R in it. So oh, hey, all right, future episode. <laughs> uh, Chris, let me just uh, put the ball in your court. Uh, at one point, she goes to ladies' prison where she meets Brittany Murphy. So I look forward to hearing from I'm, both all of right, you. All right, that's just next week's episode. <laughs> Parker, speaking of being obnoxious here, uh, is the reason you couldn't tell that she was retarded because she had trouble reading words because you went to school in Texas? Yes! I'm like, damn, she's already at that level. <laughs> Fucking show off. What's this, Goodwill Hunting too? <laughs> Me walking up to the chalkboard, but it's just to like, place where the apostrophe goes. <laughs> Diag- diagramming Street Fighter moves. <laughs> this is where the bullshit now- mechanism kicks in. <laughs> Dude, in the next trailer I watched... <laughs> Yes. Don't get me started on Street Fighter. I, that game is I, fucking wretched. I do totally shit. agree. Yes, hate that fucking game. Yeah. So I watched a movie that uh, I would assume you two have the same experience of me as people who watch Comedy Central a lot. I'm sure you've both seen Office Space a hundred thousand times, but haven't yeah. watched it in the last decade mm-hmm. or ever. Honestly, like, you, you start, to, start to finish. I don't think so. Oh, oh yeah, I've watched this a honestly, couple of times. Probably the same. So I sat down and watched it start to finish, all in one go. No commercial breaks, no, no bleeping words out. Uh, movie still holds up incredibly well, which is interesting when you compare it to, to Idiocracy, which fucking sucks. Sorry, that movie's ass. <laughs> I, 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 think I'm the only, I think I'm the only one who likes Idiocracy. I it's fine. But for every person that tells me, you know, it's supposed to be like a satire. Yeah, I, it. things are yeah. crazy. Office Space holds up surprisingly well. Yeah, Office Space uh, is like fucking a work of genius. The little lady had never seen it, so watching her realize like the 45 jokes I've just repeated from that movie the entire time we've been <laughs> dating was eye-opening for her to learn my lack of creativity, but now she knows why I constantly say not gonna work here anymore. <laughs> one of the best deliveries in movie history. <laughs> that movie is fucking perfect like despite remembering every beat of it being able to finish half the jokes just because i mean you know how it is comedy central was just on in the background if something good wasn't on cartoon network she was in love with that character and also same i let her know that that's about 15 years yeah. that's what we're gonna yeah. pivot to yeah <laughs> For your cornhole. <laughs> I fucking adore this movie. What, wait, uh, what's the magazine that he gets? <laughs> vibe. 40 subscriptions to Vibe. The way he says, what am I going to do with 40 subscriptions to Vibe? <laughs> there are so many great line reads from every single character. Like, fucking... 
every scene with the bobs. The scene where he's like, oh, Michael. Hey, you can just call me Mike. And the way he looks up, the intensity <laughs> in his eyes. He is ready to leap across that table. The look at his face is like, I'll handle this. <laughs> <laughs> when Lumber brings up the TBS report, and he looks like he's about to lunge, and the other Bob has to like pat yeah, him on the arm. Like, it's okay, we'll talk to him. <laughs> that movie, I figured it'd be like, all right, I remember it being pretty funny. I'm sure there's still some good jokes. No, like start to finish, full of absolute bangers. Every character is funny, which is rare. And also, you just don't get comedies of this size anymore, period. There's no stars in this fucking movie. Like, Jennifer Aniston and Ron Livingston. Wow. How did you get them together? (laughs) I was very pleasantly surprised. That that was at a time where Aniston was, like, really gettable, too. Yeah. It was a nice surprise. Because a lot of movies from this era, I I get nervous revisiting. Because, you know... Also, oh, one of my hits. one of my favorite cameos from Mike Judge in this one. He's really funny as that <laughs> restaurant manager. The fucking flair or whatever. She really enjoyed that one of our old managers looks and sounds exactly like the other guy that works there. <laughs> the blonde guy with all the flair. Looks like him, has the same high-pitched voice, has the same like bleach blonde hair. Really did a lot for him. The, the guy <laughs> who, as soon as he comes he's... to your table, the first thing you want to do is you want to shoot him dead. <laughs> Just watching her experience everything about the case of the Mondays for the first time. It was magical. <laughs> Brought a tear to my eye. Uh, yeah, Lawrence the neighbor, uh, easily a top ten character for me in all yeah. of cinema. He just embodies everything I hope to be. Good movie. Yeah. Now, not a good movie. Oh. Folks, on, on my growing list of assignments, it's a movie under three stars on IMDb. <laughs> we have cruised into a very cushy 2.3. Now, a couple years ago, a little film came out you might have heard of called Godzilla vs. Kong. Some people like to cash in on these movies. Now, Godzilla vs. Kong is a simple title that just emotes so much. Like, hun- like over a hundred years of film history, these two titans getting in the ring and smashing... Well, let me show you Ape vs. Monster, a film from our friends at the Asylum, from the director of, let me see, Top Gunner. That's probably good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we're going to open with exciting stock music and also stock footage of, like, rockets taking off. Uh, None of the rockets look the same, it's just... They combed through, like, scientific B-reels and just found, like, as many different launches as they could. And then, uh, we go to the Pentagon. And we have to alert the one actor in this movie. Poor, poor Eric Roberts. is being told. (laughs) Uh, that in the 80s, there was a U.S. and Soviet joint space mission. Big week for Russia on the show. Um, that ship had a chimp in it. And that ship just landed in New Mexico. Let me tell you guys, this movie has a lot of scenes at a big old conference table with a close-up of Eric Roberts talking. And then when someone else talks, you see the back of someone else's head with a big (laughs) white wig on. (laughs) They had that man for a day. Um, after, as this happens, um, it crash lands, uh, blah, 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 space stuff, blah, 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 hits to the desert. 
and something in the spaceship, don't think too much about it, hits a lizard, and then we get legally distinct, but not Godzilla. And it looks just as good as you would imagine. Uh, we spend a lot of time just sitting in a conference room. We're talking to scientists about it. Uh, we're talking to the lady scientist who spent her whole life working with this sweet little chimp. But also this happened in the 80s, so like, how did she know? Don't worry about it. We kind of change our story in that two or three times. It's fine. Uh, nothing happens. Nothing happens. We get very brief glimpses of it, but it looks like shit. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And then we just decide to drop like, oh, by the way, uh, these monsters are being controlled by aliens from the Andromeda Galaxy. And then it cuts to stock footage of a CGI flying saucer heading towards Earth. And at that point, <laughs> I am leaning forward. I am fully locked in. And then nothing else happens, nothing happens. We spend what feels like an eternity in the boardroom talking about launching missiles. Like, we should kill it, obviously, because it's a big fucking monkey. And she's like, oh my god, no, you don't understand. He's good at heart. <laughs> and then we get the first, like, full body shot of it. And it's just this giant dog shit CGI monkey walking on a bridge exactly like Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> the same stride, <laughs> arms swinging at its side. It is really good. We get a whole lot of uh, driving around and talking to Eric Roberts on the phone while the sounds of monsters are happening somewhere <laughs> off screen. Like It's really exciting. You guys should see all the destruction. It's happening just over there. Really wish we could turn around and show you, but we've got to keep talking to Eric Roberts. And we're driving around, and we get to the climactic ending. And uh, the real problem is... Like, the CGI isn't shitty enough to make it funny. So it just sucks. <laughs> and then they fight for three seconds and the monkey just breaks the Godzilla thing's neck. And then the UFO just flies away. And then the movie's over. <laughs> One of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen. Uh, the movie ends with, uh, like, the final shot of the movie is, uh, like, the big... They call him, like... They give him some stupid name. I don't remember. I just wrote Ape every time. He's like standing in the mountains, like beating his chest all triumphantly and starts doing the slow zoom. And it gets like a hundred feet away and fades to black because they didn't want to render it up close. Uh, negative five stars. Another assignment crossed off the list. Uh, what inspired me to watch this was I saw a, a teaser uh, teaser poster for the sequel, which is Ape versus Mecha Ape. And the poster is the two ape faces yelling at each other. And above the title, it says Tom Arnold. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be checking it with you guys later on this year on how that works out. I would like to end my stay here. <laughs> the final episode. With H and, of course, M. And, of course, their new friend and godfather of their beautiful daughter, Lilibet. One Tyler Perry, who has <laughs> a lot to talk about this episode. Because <laughs> you see, COVID restrictions were coming. We were about to enter lockdown, but the the paparazzi knew where they were staying. They had to get away. They had to get out of there. Their dumb, ugly kids weren't safe. And then Tyler Perry whisked them away in secret to his, to his mansion in L.A. So just know that as the world was on fire... And people were fist fighting over toilet paper. And people were getting locked down. And like not knowing if they had a job or how are they going to pay rent. 
that these rich fucking pieces of royalty were able to just go live in secret in a fucking mansion. And then we get a fucking like montage of a home video footage like, oh my god, wow, so lovely here. They don't know we're here. And I'm just remembering <laughs> what that time was like. And the fists are clinching two minutes into the episode of an hour long ep- the longest episode in the series wow COVID's great <laughs> this is a dream no one even knows we're here as I'm just remembering driving down these empty streets being like damn I don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring I could wake up to a text saying everything's closed stay inside figure it out <laughs> like, oh wow our dumb stupid Habsburg kid has all this room to run around and play with all of his favorite toys wow they could only bring 13 suitcases that must have been so hard for them that's the number they quoted that wasn't me what the fuck 13 suitcases they could live at Tyler Perry's empty house oh and they're like god wow, this is so magical when I say this show has radicalized me because <laughs> six weeks in they get discovered and we get a whole nother fucking sob story about how now how hard it is. We have to install these cameras. We have to build a fence. And there's always these drones and helicopters. This is why no one respects the British Empire now. I don't give a shit how many countries you conquered 100 plus years ago. You're part of the British Like, you are part of the royal family. You can't get a couple paparazzi people killed. Like, absolute cowardice. If this happened to Don Jr., they would never find their bodies. And these fucking pussies just like, Hey, Mr. Perry, we have to build a higher fence. They keep trying to take pictures of our dumb fucking kid. Grow a pair and have them murdered, you absolute cowards. And then, we have the nerve to pivot this episode into M uh, explaining that she had a miscarriage. And then H blaming it on... <laughs> All the paparazzi and the tabloids <laughs> putting a lawsuit against him. This is why you turn your flash off. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> they oh. were being posted at so hard that she had a miscarriage is what he's telling me. These are not her words. This is him saying, like, we can't prove it, but I saw what she was going through. Like, <laughs> Just fucking log off, you fucking... You're living in a mansion in Hollywood right now. You are... Parker. Oh, no. There's helicopters overhead. It's fucking L.A., you piece of shit. Parker, you do my favorite British accent, by the way. That's all I hear. Just this monotone fucking idiot. I showed you I don't know that's what caused it. Like, oh my god. The British press is being so mean. Bitch, you're in California. How are you even hearing this? I've gone my entire life without reading the sun. It's super fucking easy. If I was living in Tyler Perry's fucking gated mansion right now, I wouldn't even know what a Twitter was. I'd be jacking off in every room of that house, swimming in money like Scrooge McDuck. The fuck is wrong with you people? I, I fucking hate this family. You, they, you I know they have nothing. I. You know they have to have a room in that mansion that's just for all the dead babies they drink. <laughs> well, this is no. the Blood Boys quarters. <laughs> Right next to Sonic's nude room. <laughs> this is my pleasure room. It's just, you know, <laughs> aborted fetuses. Well, you know. Yeah. You know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Parody, satire. Yeah, this it's just a joke. Tongue in cheek. I, I satirically hate <laughs> these people so much. 
<laughs> watching my friends just be like, well, uh, I got furloughed. I sure hope my fucking unemployment goes through quickly because rent's due next week. And my complex said, pay it or you're fucked. And they're just watching this fucking home camera footage of them running down these big fucking hallways like, we oh my god, so much water you can grow up. <laughs> but you know, I didn't think I Meg and Markle sounded sad. like that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Meg is a woman of many vocal talents. Sorry, Hang on. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you say charity work? Oh, buddy. <laughs> you needed another fucking charity montage. And you know what, Megan? I agree. George Floyd shouldn't have died. I agree. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know, you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> we get a... They create the NAACP Digital Civil Rights Award, which sounds like you get an award for posting oh like, God. hey, if you see a black person stealing something, no, you didn't. And then you get a bunch of high fives and they send you a plaque in the mail, like a fucking YouTube play button. Is what I assume. I thought about Googling it, but I... Well, how I did can't know what this is? How, how did they create? I thought doesn't the NAACP create their own awards? Well, uh, <laughs> they just fucking stole African it. heritage, <laughs> allegedly. Also, yeah, wait, they you hung said out in the, Zimbabwe once, so now they're they got the pass. I like the idea. Is like it was the digital. You said it was a digital award for it. Uh-huh. So they just emailed them a certificate that says you are winner. You are not racist. Yeah. Parker, you, Parker, you're going to have to explain to uh, Prince Harry that you mean Rhodesia. Just so you know. <laughs> That's good. Okay, hang on. I've, I'm going to take a detour because I've Googled it. This is going to piss me off. I can feel it in my bones. All right. The digital civil Digital Long-term contributors to the digital rights space. The digital rights space. That's not real. The digital While supporting rights. a new generation of visionaries working to expand equity, including issues related to discrimination, misinformation. Oh, so you're so, saying they made NFTs? Yes, exactly. It's NFTs, but for not being racist. That's so cool. This is so great. I love that they made a digital award for not saying the N-word anymore. <laughs> That's what I choose to believe this is. This article's too long and I'm not going to pay to read it. Get fucked. So, uh, yeah, we get uh, more charity work. Uh, her just, like, going to classrooms and being like, oh, my God, I'm so tired of kids getting shot. And they're like, yeah, we are too. <laughs> and they're like, hey, cops should stop killing people. They're like, yeah, that's right. And then it cuts to them playing with the kids on a giant slip and slide. And at that <laughs> point, I feel the tremors starting in my body. Were you visualizing the ghost shark? Yes! <laughs> more than anything, I wanted the ghost shark to ruin young... <laughs> Archibald <laughs> I can't remember his name Cause uh This is where we discover She's pregnant again Uh-oh. And this is This is more probably Is where I discovered that When you kept saying Lilibet That you weren't joking Yeah why I, I'm not creative enough To make that up I Don't know what to do With this information So Lilibet A name that I I hate saying with all my heart. Uh, this announcement leads to like the middle trunk of this episode, which is hey, remember that time we got interviewed by Oprah? Uh, that was so, a yeah, famous... That's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. She talked about how they were racist and everyone was shocked. It's like, yeah, weird. All these like inbred for a thousand generations British people don't like black people. Crazy. Like, I'm not saying that they're right for it, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm sure all of these people would be concerned to have a black baby. Fucking look at them. They look like vampires. <laughs> this 
This shocks me personally. So we get the whole fucking lead up to it and clips from the interview and like, wow, this is so great. Oh my God, we finally got our story out there as I watch six hours of their story being out there and think about what life could be if I just shut everything off and disappeared for a while. And then... God damn it. This is where I just wrote how much longer is this because I was only halfway through the fucking episode. And now we're just talking about... Like, the entire second half of the episode was like, boy, life sure is much better now. Everything stops because Beyonce texts her. I'm like, oh my god, that's so crazy. She just, like, casually texted me asking if I'm doing it. It's like, <laughs> Minutes. Like, 20 minutes after, like, yeah, they should stop killing people like Tamir Rice. And also my baby died. Oh my god, Beyonce texted me. This is so crazy. Oh my god. <laughs> Isn't it wild that she knows who we are? Uh, side bet. Remember that time Lilibet cursed Kevin Durant? Anyways, uh, we get to the end of the episode here. Alright. <laughs> the end of the episode, the end of this six-hour series, is they're recounting their big fucking wedding, how they went back to Britain for it. And she says, I gave a speech there. You want me to read it off my phone? And she pulls out her phone. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I wanted to transcribe it. But, like, two sentences and I started breathing like Tony Soprano. <laughs> it, was, it was not a good look. I was getting so fucking mad. She reads off word for word the wedding speech she gave while just sitting on the couch next to her dipshit husband and their stupid loser kids. And then they finish the speech like, oh my god, that was so great. And then she just says, love wins. And then it cuts to credits. And I swear <laughs> to god, I will never forgive myself. I... Hate, hate, satirically would love for something terrible to happen to these <laughs> miserable fucking people. You know, if I have to hear this woman get the fake right voice, they're so mean. To me. <laughs> I can't <laughs> fucking deal with these people, dude. Why the fuck would she read off her wedding speech? You could find that anywhere, can't you? Yeah, who could give a fuck? Yeah, like she said, she reads it word for word. She reads off one of the jokes and then pause and goes. That got a big laugh, by the way, and then goes right back into it. <laughs> it really does feel you. like you, you like that old. This isn't like a thing anymore, but like you go over to like your relative's house, and they're showing you like slides of their vacation to like the Grand Canyon or something. Oh, this is me pretending to push my brother in, and everyone was laughing real hard. This is my brother missing from this slide, and also yeah, it's great having Francis Dollarhide tell me about the whole <laughs> fucking ceremony. What a great time. <laughs> That's not, that does kind of sound like you, like making someone watch this. Meghan Markle doing the electric slide with a bunch of African kids. Do you see? <laughs> but, but, like, I could not have less respect for these people. They were living in Canada, COVID is about to start, and they moved to fucking to LA. Like, they got posted at so hard that they left the country again. Dude, I thought... They got posted at so hard that they blamed her miscarriage on it. I thought when you were... grow a pair, you cowards. I, You're royalty. I thought when you said that the paparazzi found out that they were at Tyler Perry's... One of Tyler Perry's mansions, that they would have to find another celebrity's mansion to move into. <laughs> move next door to Token and we'll see. <laughs> I, I've said this multiple times, but I went from like uh, vaguely knowing their names and not knowing like Harry is he like the prince? Oh, he's one of the princes. Oh, Diana's kid. Okay, to like full on blood feud, despising these people and their absolute cowardice and <laughs> constant 
Six hours of crying. I think a lot about how uh, there was an old Onion article during the elections where it was like one of those versus things where it was like, oh, your policies are this, this, and this, Miss Palin, that. And the response was, yeah, but did I tell you about my retarded son? And that's this six hours. It's this, this, and this, and this. Yeah, but did I tell you that my mom died? We're like, yeah, man, we know. It was a big story. Not everything has to do with fucking Princess Diana. I'm sorry. There's a lot of paparazzi. <laughs> sorry, man. That's not the same thing. Parker, can you do Prince Harry's voice talking about his mom dying? Miss me mom so much. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you named your kid Lilibet. <laughs> I'm sure she'd be very proud of you. I, I'm sorry. I want to get back to something you talked about a few episodes back. Was, uh, the fucking the royal family being racist against Meghan Markle, who, if you Google her... And, like, someone who's never heard of Meghan Markle is, like, like, three people on the planet. You Google, like, Meghan Markle, you point to her, you tell someone, yeah, she's black. There's no way any of those three people will believe you. <laughs> like, and they go to such great lengths, and I'm like, alright, no, don't protest too much. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm buying what you're selling me. Yeah. Too many people insist. I think you're fucking with me. See, that's the thing, is, like, he could have got up to the royal family, and they could have been like, boy, is she, is she black? He could have been like, I don't know, probably not. And they would have been like, yeah, right. (laughs) They could have just said, no. And then none of this would have ever happened. Exactly. (laughs) They would have never noticed. (laughs) Like, was it? They act like the kid's going to come out like black, like looking like fucking Mr. Popo. It's like, dude, you're a ginger. (laughs) It ain't going to fucking happen. You're going to have your weird, ugly bloodline forever. Don't worry about it. The kid's going to be as black as Donald Driver. <laughs> that picture made me laugh. <laughs> oh, my mom was she a daughter? Yeah, we know the car wreck. We heard. <laughs> Tell me again. We know. We, we know. Get out Taking of your a break. house. Yeah. Oh, you went dancing Africa again. Wow, I bet you changed that kid's life. Me mom did dirty too. Great. I'm going to talk to Megan again. I'm tired of hearing about your dead mom. My dad's dad. Okay. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Four more hours. Great. I hope we get to the good part. All oh, I there's can... Tyler Perry. I didn't get to the good part. <laughs> All I can think about with Meghan Markle is just like, and we really believe in children. She she goes to the school and you just see her to like the fucking Macarena. <laughs> I, I can't, I cannot stop thinking about the cookbook for the burn victims. Like, it's so good. <laughs> we did a little bit of recipes. Wow, great. These are recipes that we came up with. It's just like a hamburger. <laughs> I didn't actually, I, didn't, I don't think I read it. Well done. Yeah, I figured lady. No, if you can't find regular baby parts, you know, you can just use your own. <laughs> Not a lot of people have Whole Foods. <laughs> fucking despise. I despise knowing who these people are on this level now. Like, I now know intricate things about, well, their side, about them and the royal family that I would have never known because I'm an American. I don't have to care. But now I have to know this, and I am very bitter about it. I just I just want to fucking, 
leave this world, sit at my computer, and talk to my best friend Satan, and figure out what to do about these people. <laughs> Before we get to that, I'm just thinking about like Prince William f- filming his six-episode uh, Netflix response documentary, and the theme song is just like the most sinister harpsichord you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the music from Insidious. <laughs> I, I can't imagine it's like, hello, I'm Prince William. <laughs> I love your conceptualization of this because in my head it's just like a fucking paste bin that somebody writes and somebody cheats. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's the Comic Sans letter to LeBron James. <laughs> they do the whole episode and then turn the camera to reveal he's just been hanging from the ceiling like a vampire bat the whole time. Fucking freaks. Speaking of freaks, I hate these people so much, dude. Oh boy! Like they are clearly the victims in this entire scenario, and also, who cares? Hate. <laughs> <laughs> there is no world where they were not like horribly wronged and betrayed by his family and the whole like system in place. But also, shut the fuck up! I don't care. <laughs> I'm trying to watch evil speak. Oh god, evil speak! Uh, let's... Yeah, but did she get eaten by boars? I didn't think so. Fucking <laughs> cry about it doesn't it, count. She's probably fine. Could be, could be worse. Yeah. Oh, what a way to and go. And then my grandpa died. Yeah, he looked 170. <laughs> Natural causes. No shit. It's fine. I'm sorry. I'm getting wound up again. God, we're going to party watch this sometime. Alright, so... <laughs> One of the blood boys got mumps and Grandpa couldn't get his transfusion in time. <laughs> it's just the Grandpa Texas Chainsaw Massacre and he keeps dropping the IV. <laughs> you would have to nail me to a fucking chair to get me to watch this again. <laughs> Alright, let's talk about Evil Speak. First of all, Alex, how'd you find this? Uh, you can actually thank my wife for this one. Uh, oh my god. She... I, I, I think this was... I think this is on Shutter, right, Parker? Absolutely. Yeah, I think she was scrolling through looking for movies that are like Chopping Mall and came across this one. And I was like... I read the premise. I'm like, well, we're watching this. She's like, are you sure? I don't know if this is going to be good. I'm like, of course not. But we're watching this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, lady, we're on Shutter. <laughs> <laughs> what are you expecting here? All right. Well, uh, let's talk about it. I, if I could uh, recount the opening of this movie, it says... Oh, Jesus Christ. As, it, uh, I it, feel you're the only one that's fit to do so. Uh, yeah. Uh, as someone who watched Religious. So... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Maybe I should stop complaining. I'm sorry. We all have a pretty And Satan said to the man of God, what would you do tomorrow if you allowed me to die today? I think that's a lyric from Freebird. What vocation? (laughs) What vocation would you pursue if my name disappeared? This is by some motherfucker named Rahil Gibran or something like that. Punch you in the cloven hooves. Yeah, step on your fucking cloven hooves. So the whole, but the whole thing is, uh, I, I, I kind of understand what the fucking quote. The basic idea is like, oh, without. This is a lyric from the South Park movie about without <laughs> evil there would be no good, so it must be good to be evil sometime. It's uh, also the ladder to heaven song, if you think about it. Right, yeah. You're just a demon, I'll kill you. But I, I'll say this, as, as the only religious man on this show, is like, if the devil didn't exist, the monks of St. Francis would probably still keep being monks, you know? 
the devil doesn't exist in a lot of different sects of Christianity. They don't even fucking believe he's real. They're like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's whatever. So, uh, first of all, we have to have a beachside black mass from the... <laughs> from the ye oldest days of this show. I, I don't know if uh, time goes back that far for this. We haven't done 65 yet. But, uh... There's a hard cut from this guy being excommunicated and then, what is he, like, burned in the stake or some shit, to, uh... A good old game of, uh, Parker, I believe you call it footy? Uh, I, I believe, just to get the mechanics right here, I believe, Chris, that this is the beheading of a virgin. Oh, and right, the virgin's yeah. head flies up into the sky yeah. and then turns into a soccer ball right, and lands yeah. at a fucking high school soccer game. Right, yeah. You know what? It's, this movie is about starting strong and finishing strong and mission accomplished on both fronts. Yeah. The also, middle 75 minutes is a bit challenging. Yeah. Let, let's be real here. You know, reading the description of this movie and you, that it's going to be about demons inside the internet and starting off with the fucking Spanish Inquisition. Real <laughs> sticker shock with this one. Like, wait, what are we doing? The whole time I you're watching, you're just like, like, watching a Highlander sequel. You're like, wait, this is the right one? Did I, is there a different version what? of Evil Speak? Did I download the right Oh, God, I hope like, they don't that's mind. It's not even a hacky joke because, like, this is a movie that you only watch at Blockbuster. And that'd be a real moment of, like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I knew I should double check the tape. Like, <laughs> there's no way you're watching this opening, you're like, and then Clint Howard's going to be here any minute, huh? <laughs> Fantastic. Clint Howard, who, by the way, barely fits into his soccer uniform. <laughs> that dude should not be on a soccer field. fucking skull. That dude is. <laughs> He's got some head problems. This is the prime of this man's life, and he looks... Well... You know, this is like the most low effort. It's like the most low effort soccer game I've ever seen. Like usually, like you see, like uh, like a football game in movies, and the people are like trying. In this one, they are barely dribbling the fucking ball. Like soccer's not even like a real sport. Sorry, Parker, it's true. But like, come on, this is fucking horrible. And then the guy, the coach, loudly says, "Hey, you know, I allow every player to play at least two quarters." Like he says it right next to the fucking guy. I'm like, shit. <laughs> you say it. Over and over again. This is a sticking point for the entire movie. It's like, well, you know, Coach says everyone gets to play. And then you find out they're at a fucking military academy. Right. Who gives a shit? Which, by the way, military <laughs> military academies keep turning up in horror movies. They were in fucking uh, Child's Play 3. They were in... Um... The good one. <laughs> <laughs> the one everyone likes. Yeah, the one we're not going to do an episode on. And uh, they were also in uh, The Omen 2. And now they're in this. So far, I'll take yeah. your word for it. <laughs> oh, for three. Good yeah. job. <laughs> so yeah, he, he's like, going to place all of this on the soccer game. Where like everyone on the team fucking hates him. He is the loser of the team. The coach hates him, but he has to play. They're like literally kicking him and stepping on him while he's down. And then we reveal like, yeah, but anyways, we're just like in a military school. Like, hey, uh, yeah. hey, Parker, Ooh, I have a question. Yeah, what's up, buddy? Why do they hate him so much? <laughs> Parker, you can do the voice for this one too. <laughs> you decipher it. They, they hate him because his parents died. <laughs> this is revealed uh, in a shower scene. Now, yeah. I did not watch this on Shutter. I downloaded the extended version, and from what I can Ooh. tell, the extended version. Uh, the biggest difference was in the shower scene. Boy, there were a lot of pubes in the scene. <laughs> uh, it's just a bunch of guys hanging out, like, 
graphically checking out each other's hogs and being like, yeah, you ain't got no parents, do you, loser? <laughs> Just copping a look at your best friend's sweaty hog after a game of footy and be like, yeah, at least I'm not like this fucking nerd here with no mom or dad. Little Miss crying ran home to her mommy. <laughs> crying ran home to her mommy. Fucking loser. His mom died in a car crash. Ooh, the paparazzi are getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's trying to have a good game for you. You know, oh, is this what happened before he went to Afghanistan? He got bullied on the soccer team. <laughs> then he downloaded the devil. You know, that's the thing that gets me about it. Clint Howard in this movie, and I guess in all movies, looks British. He looks like the single most British person you've ever seen in your life. Right? I agree. Yeah, with the fucking hair and the teeth and the... What you're saying is he's ugly. Yes, also that's like basically... <laughs> that's, that's you've just this saying. ghoulish looking Frankenstein man, and you're like... Could have sworn you were British. Weird. This is this is stealing a joke from uh, MST, but the whole time I'm watching, I was like, that's not our protagonist. There's no way this is our leading man. I, I refuse to accept. All right, he's walking off screen. The next time that we see someone on screen, it's going to be our protagonist. And that's Clint Howard again. You're like, no, no, there's no way this guy is in charge of this movie. It really makes you side with the bullies. Yes! You see what he does later? Let's talk about what he does later. Clint Howard goes into the military academy's dungeon. <laughs> he gets he gets assigned for dungeon cleanup duty. Yeah. I guess something that they, they make somebody do at military school. You know, they keep so he using... Has to, he has to go... <laughs> Sorry. He has to go down in the dungeon where the, the military academy's old pedophile also lives. <laughs> <laughs> they keep using fucking uh, military academies as, like, those threats back in movies. Like, if you don't shape up your grades, I'm shipping you off to military school. If I knew a military academy had a secret haunted dungeon, I'd so totally go there. <laughs> Not about the pedophile. One last note about the problem with uh, this being our protagonist. With a lot of low-budget horror, you know this well now because you're the our biggest horror fan. Like, they'll just have one of these guys and they'll put their name on the poster. You're like, okay, but there's going to be, like, other people. Mm. I'm watching these credits waiting for a second name that I recognize. <laughs> and we're getting deeper and deeper in the cast for our reels. Like, fuck, it's literally just Clint <laughs> This is not a good sign. That's the thing. But, it's yeah, like, this is 81. So, 81, yeah. it, it's kind of tough to find, like... Like guys, there. This is not a guy movie. There are there are guys in this movies in this movie, such as lead bully Bubba, who would (laughs) later go on to be Bob on that '70s show. Oh, oh my God, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit! I'm gonna take a lap. (laughs) That's a lot to do. But yeah, he is tasked with cleaning the haunted rape dungeon inside yeah. the military academy. So their dungeon is actually kind of state-of-the-art, despite having, I believe, a sarcophagus in there. Uh, they actually <laughs> they have a computer down there, not just any computer, an Apple II, which at the time was like kind of cutting edge. And he goes in there, and he's be- booping away in there, and I think he, I guess he basically types in, how to access devil files. And... Well, uh, well, t- to be fair, he finds, like, some black book in the dungeon, and he's, like, trying to research it. Uh, the only thing we're skipping over here is about 20 minutes of this kid just being bullied over and over and over. So, you know, yeah, you can they fill in the really... blanks. Hey, My you ever seen Carrie, but you were like, man, I wish there were more dudes in this movie. <laughs> Do I have a movie for you? Yeah. 
Oh, man. So, yeah, so when he's pooping away on the computer, he accesses a file from Father Esteban. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Father Esteban, as a character name, is going to stick with me longer than Kate Yeager, I hope. Uh, <laughs> so he... He's accessing. He's trying to access more of the devil files. He's really Father Esteban's last will and testament on an apple too, and uh, he's talking about I have found that the devil, the devil is good, and good is the devil, and all this stuff. And instead of getting bored like anyone else does, he's like fascinated. He feels like a kid on like a like an eighties video game commercial, going, "Wow, nice graphics!" <laughs> and he's like, oh, "All right, this is great." So this kind of leads into one of my favorite scenes. There's uh, one of the scenes where the guy's teaching them. He's like, oh, you have to be ready for military uh, maneuvers and stuff like that. I was like, these guys aren't going to fucking... <laughs> these guys aren't actually going to be enlisted. Uh, people are like throw They're like blowing spitballs. They're throwing paper airplanes. And Clint Howard is reading a book of hexes. <laughs> <laughs> Can we take a brief detour and talk about the bullies for a minute yes. specifically the uh the rotund one. Oh man the fucking <laughs> the bulk from the uh, the skull of this <laughs> this movie is a movie about summoning the devil in the computer but it has a quote i will remember as long as we do this show this is like the third or fourth time they're pranking him like they like turn his alarm off they tie his clothes together they like board up his room but on one of these like i think it's one where they're like nailing his door shut and one of them goes, this will teach that little queer a lesson. And then the fat one just responds, I'm hungry. And then they leave. <laughs> I've been thinking about it for 24 hours. Oh, man, this is the most Rugrats-ass line ever. It's <laughs> <laughs> his response. This is telling him he's hungry as they're nailing his torch. Clint Howard, I'm hungry. <laughs> 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 he really does have cotton candy hair. <laughs> Clint Howard's looking good. Can we just talk about the way that he types on his computer? <laughs> Which, I, to be fair, you know, it's 1981. Home computers were, like, kind of new, so a lot of people didn't know. But people had typewriters. He types with a literal, like, what? Huh. D-E-V-I-L. Where's the enter button? It really feels like a computer scene. It's truly beautiful how an hour of this movie is him going to class, uh, getting bullied, whether it be, you know, his fucking hat getting thrown out the window. Fucking, oh, yeah, we should shit. also mention he gets bullied and then a professor walks up and they're like, God damn it, what the fuck are you doing? You disgust me. Go clean the rape dungeon. Then he goes and reads the book again. And this repeats... Like five or six times. And at one point, the secretary steals the book from him. And there's a scene where they just go to a roller disco, which I'm going to be oh, honest, that. I thought that was on the premises. I was very confused. Yeah. They're at a roller disco. He, like, saunters on up. He's like, what do you guys do with my book? And they're like, I don't know about what you're talking about. And he goes, okay. And then he leaves. And then the scene's over. <laughs> This movie is struggling to get 90. I, I want to talk about the short bully really quick. Just because, like, there's a scene. So, first of all, it's like, okay, these are these are military boys. And once they get off campus, you know, Mo, they're going to really cut loose. First of all, it's 1981, so the 70s are still, like, kind of close to the rearview mirror. So, fun back then was, like, well, video game, good video games haven't been invented yet. We have to go to the roller disco. Uh, which is already kind of lame, but also you see them there. They're clearly 
not fully developed yet because they looked really scrawny and like kind of nerdy and stuff like that. You think like, oh man, boys from the military academy, they're going to be like, you know, muscling in on nerds and stealing their girls and stuff. That short guy is like five foot four. There's no way he's going to last very long in uh, alongside Prince Harry. So the bully group is four people, and two of them look like they're like, oh, thank God, Clint's here. Or, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like girls the are taking their lunch money. <laughs> They know, like the second Clint Howard kills himself, we are we are on the chopping block. Yeah. Boys. We, gotta, we gotta keep needling this dude. Yeah, we gotta like reel him back in, bring him to the edge. You know? <laughs> now, hey, it's not all bad. Yeah. Hey, one black kid, go talk to him. <laughs> now here's Don't worry, one. Clint. You shouldn't kill yourself. Go talk to your friend, the shirtless lunch man. <laughs> <laughs> Who's just shirtless wearing an apron like, hey, hey, you doing all right, kid? Now, Parker, can you recap for me the reason that uh, the Clint Howard starts getting into the computer? No, I truly uh, can't. Well, I, I'll give you this one. It's for his science project. He's trying to build a better trebuchet. Oh, fuck, that's right. That's I forgot about that. the trebuchet. Yeah, he's trying to fucking... <laughs> Find an easier I way to I wrote throw. that word down as a joke. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> this is, he actually was like, yeah, I'll use the computer to design a better way to launch babies. And uh, <laughs> turns out uh, his computer was possessed by the devil. You had lost you to get him over the water. <laughs> right. Well, Parker, what? wait, Parker, you got your wires crossed. They do not bring in Russell Crowe to exercise the computer. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, better, better movie. movie. Yeah, well, better movie. Yeah, well. He, but he would also be the shit of Clint Howard. All right, let's uh, let's just get into it now. Uh, Clint Howard downloads the devil from an Apple II. Uh, we got we're missing a crucial pig scene here. Chris. Well, well, oh wait, okay. So the, I was I was actually going to get to that because uh, the pig scene okay. that I'm talking about comes like a little bit after that. But like also they do these are uh, the there are pigs. Multiple that, pigs. Yeah, they, they set up the pig scene. <laughs> they let in a bunch of muddy pigs to eat at the trough, and one farmer barely escapes from their feeding pen. So I guess they just designed these to be man eating before the devil entered the picture. <laughs> Well, it's because it's because the secretary's playing with the devil book, and when you play with the devil book, the pigs get angry, and when the pigs get angry, they try to eat Clint Howard. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the secretary uh, also plays with the devil book, and uh, the pigs come after her, and there's clearly like a pig head puppet on some guy's arm going like ah to her while she's in the shower, <laughs> and she has to do the whole ah thing. <laughs> this nude woman in the shower. <laughs> She, this woman dumped him out for evil speak. <laughs> <laughs> There's this, just a scene of like those muddy hogs. It's cross cut with this woman trying to remove a pentagram from a tome. <laughs> <laughs> Which, bad idea. Uh, I'm not a particularly religious man, but uh, if I was handed a book with a pentagram and there was a giant jewel in the front, I would simply <laughs> not try and remove the jewel. It, it really does remind me of the guy from The Mummy, like, removing the fucking scarabs, like, ah, get this in here. <laughs> Blue gold. It reminded me of the fucking Evil Dead 2013, who was like, let me just take this barbed wire off this book. So no. Nope. <laughs> hey, weirdo. You've left your book. Get it out of here immediately. <laughs> anyway, she goes and takes a shower, so we get our nude scene in here. Uh, the other nude scene. <laughs> As we call it the nude scene you wanted to see. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, Prince Harry would like the other one. So, I Parker, uh, yeah. would you like to know what are the ways that uh, Clint Howard downloads the devil? He, uh, he inputs a question to the Apple II. He asks, uh, mirror, mirror on the screen, 
what are the keys to the kingdom of Satan's magic? <laughs> uh, Step one, collect underpants. <laughs> <laughs> this is preposterous. So uh, yeah, there's a list of ingredients, like, you know. Oh my God, that's right. But hang on, I need to stop you real quick because yeah. I just realized we have not mentioned the most important part of this movie, which is the fact that his name is Cooper Smith. And they <laughs> only call him Cooper Dick a hundred and twenty times. Every character calls him Cooper Dick on loop for the entire film. And after an hour, you're like, yeah, I probably killed him too. I get it. I, I, seriously, the dude's got two last names. That's cheating. <laughs> I've had a lot of thoughts about like, yeah, I'd fucking kill these people yeah. watching movies today. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Parody, <laughs> satire. So, one of the ingredients for the Black Mass is unholy water. <laughs> sure. I like the thing about it is like it's kind of water a man makes. <laughs> I like to I like oh, to drink some water. of your water. Mugwort, huh? Says painkiller on vinyl. It's working. <laughs> This is this is where he downloads the, slash becomes the devil. His voice changes so he sounds like well swamp thing, and uh, he it really does feel like a choose the form of your destructor. It's either it's either muddy hogs that are gonna disembowel you, or it's levitated Clint Howard with a sword. Face the hogs or taste my blade. <laughs> It's cool that they dump him over like the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> Paging Mr. Herman. <laughs> He's fucking decapitating all these people while being suspended like the guy from Dune. <laughs> <laughs> he is flying around like Baron Arcone swinging a sword that he almost can't lift because of his little bitty chicken hearts. Oh my god. <laughs> This entire movie's budget was on hogs and severed heads, and that's why this movie gets five yeah, that's stars. That's goddamn right. That's yeah. how it should be. Exactly. It looks like shit for an hour and 25 minutes, and then that head fucking <laughs> eats one shot of that sword and explodes. There's like, so like, many decapitation scenes. Wait, you know, you have to get to the good part of this movie, because, you know, that's what we're all here for. But, like, there's, like, a whole subplot where, like, he has a dog that he's raising, uh, down in the cellar. Oh yeah, and uh, it's so cute. Yeah, because because like the whole time you're like, oh, he's gonna sacrifice the dog to the computer because he needs blood for the the ritual, and then he doesn't because the bullies come down and murder the dog shit out of his dog, and the computer's like, actually, we need human blood. <laughs> it could have said requires blood, and then it says requires human blood. Yeah, like, fuck you. <laughs> it keeps fucking blinking what? on the screen too. <laughs> Must have human blood. (laughs) It is worth noting that every time he boots up the computer, there's just like a fucking little digital pentagram, and the word Esteban appears in red letters (laughs) across the bottom of the screen. (laughs) It is... It is so good. Now, here's the biggest problem, though, is the sequel tease that never came to fruition. (laughs) Because the movie the just kind of stops. Him almost getting raped in the basement by the guy. Oh yeah, that scene. But yeah, you know. It's also an issue. <laughs> I was gonna say like the end of the movie where it just kind of stops. And it says uh, 
Definitely. He he went to a uh, psych ward and uh, will never be getting that again. <laughs> and then the computer takes over the screen and says, I am Cooper Dick. Back, 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 Cooper Smith. <laughs> I will return. And he doesn't return. And uh makes me sad. Uh, still time. Cannot believe that there's not an evil speak to. We should just make one. <laughs> well, honest to God. I mean, uh, the world would be better for it. Yeah. Honestly. Clinton Howard is still alive. He's out still of your bloody somewhere. smartphones. Did you, <laughs> hey, man, you know smartphones are bad for you? Yes. Father Lilibet. I love 20 minutes of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It starts strong and it ends strong. That's that's it's a fucking like straight to tape horror movie from 1981. Yeah. I'm assuming. If not, it played in three theaters. Don't fact check me. I won't read it. I don't care. There were a lot of people who are comparing this to Carrie. They're saying like, yeah, what if there was Carrie but for dudes? Which I would just say is <laughs> Carrie. Uh, but... Finally. I'm tired of looking at all these fucking broads. Give me Clint Howard. <laughs> <laughs> That's who you want to look at for 95 minutes. <laughs> like, like, the lead bully gets his heart ripped out of his chest, you guys. Yeah, does it all. so good. It really does feel like the climax of society. This Esteban guy, he seems pretty cool. Because Clint Howard's about to get raped. He, he, that man tells him... Is he want to see how I make little boys feel like little girls? And he's like, no. And then the dude gets his head turned all the way around. And then Esteban kills a bunch of bullies for killing that dog. I'm Team Esteban. Uh, yeah. I don't know how I feel about this whole devil business, but this Esteban guy seems pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said Team Esteban. You didn't say Team Clint Howard, because look at him. I would. No. <laughs> no. If Esteban gets a corporeal form, the first thing he's doing is dumping that fucking nerd's books out yeah. the window. He finds, like, Heather, Heather Lockley picture. or something that, like, inhabits her body. Just As soon as he sees her, Clint Howard goes, whoa. And he's just yeah. <laughs> projects into her body. Of, I love the idea of a sequel where they, they bring the devil back to life and he just joins the bullies and continues bullying. <laughs> they just stomp a mud hole in him. Nerd Lincoln. <laughs> Cooper <He's> Dick. <laughs> calling him a bunch of slurs in ye old Latin. <laughs> uh, as opposed to... I, actually, they just call it Latin, Parker. <laughs> Sorry, uh, in the Queen's English, we call it... <laughs> Uh, Alright, that was great One of those movies where it's like Well, half of it's five stars And half of it's one star So I guess it's going to be like a solid two and a half <laughs> It really swings the full spectrum Just like I do And that's the tea, sis.